Coming up this week, Tesla bumps the range of the Model S a little bit more. The ID4 and Mustang Mach-E get official EPA estimates. Nissan is planning their own EV truck and more. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 42 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. I've got a packed show for you this week with a lot of news about EV range. So without further delay, let's get to it. We'll start off this week with an update to the range of the Tesla Model S. A recent post from Electrek shows a submission by one of their readers of a Monroney sticker for the Model S and a 409-mile range. Now, this isn't the first change to the Model S this year, as Tesla and the yet-to-be-produced Lucid Air seem to be exchanging some healthy blows in a statistics rivalry. When Lucid unveiled the 406-mile range for the base Lucid Air earlier this year, they didn't directly point out that it was four miles more than the Model S, but they didn't need to. The internet and us podcasters and YouTube people, we all did it for them. And while the car isn't actually being produced yet and therefore not a threat to Tesla directly, Elon took to Twitter very shortly thereafter and said that Tesla would be lowering the price of the Model S to $69,420, something that I've mentioned on the podcast before. So up until this point, it seems that Lucid has still maintained that four mile of range slight advantage over the Tesla Model S. Although now it does seem like Tesla may be one upping Lucid yet again with this range increase. However, interestingly enough, their webpage, Tesla's webpage, still shows 402 miles of range for the car, and the EPA's webpage hasn't been updated either. So is this real? I I don't know. I guess only time will tell. If it's on a Maroni sticker, it's got to be official. I mean, that is a a very official government-mandated document, so you cannot lie on that. Uh, But the fact that the EPA's page and Tesla's own webpage are still showing the 402 miles is somewhat suspicious. So I guess we'll give it some time and see how it all shakes out. But certainly if this is a a, a range increase for the Model S, it will be a very shining competitor to the Lucid Air when Lucid ends up finally making that car. Sticking with the Model S, Tesla has increased prices significantly for the next European batch of Model S and Model X vehicles. Tesla owners across Europe are reporting that the automaker recently updated its online configurator with an important price increase across the board. Now, prices vary across different markets, but the price of both vehicles is roughly $6,000 more expensive after the update. And in Germany specifically, the Model S now starts at about 82,000 euro or the equivalent of 98,000 US dollars. The price increase follows a significant amount of price drops for those vehicles here in the US. So that's kind of interesting that they're lowering the price of the Model S and X here, but raising that for the next batch of vehicles going to Europe next year. So now the Model S is about $30,000 more expensive in Germany than it is here. Now, of course, the price for Germany also includes the value-added tax in the price, but those taxes are currently down at 16% because of the coronavirus, but planning to go back up to 19% in 2021, therefore making that price change even more significant. 
The increase in Europe is for the next batch of Model S and X vehicles that Tesla plans to produce. So they won't actually be delivered until March of 2021. Here in the US, Tesla is listing a three to five week lead time on new orders. So there's a lot of speculation about what this could all mean. Now, Fred Lampert over at Electric says that this price change has re-sparked rumors of a refresh for the Model S and Model X. Although for the life of me, I can't make that connection. And that is something that Fred and Electric, they've been kind of trying to push this narrative for quite a while now, actually, of a refresh on the Model S and Model X or an interior refresh. Um, and while that is definitely needed for both models, I don't really see what an increase in price suggests that might be related to that. Uh, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I mean, I can I can see possibly a, a situation where they're trying to sell as many of the Model S and Model X here in the U.S. because it's less expensive for them to deliver them. They don't have to ship them across an ocean. Uh, but then if they were to do a refresh, assuming, and, and of course at this point that is a big if, if they were to do a refresh, then it would make sense to raise the price. And if that's what's happening, then it could suggest that the next batch of Model S and Model X vehicles going to Europe next year in March would be a refreshed uh, option, therefore more expensive. But that's all very speculative, and I am not connecting the dots Um any any more strongly than that. So let me know what you guys think. I mean, this is certainly something that that Fred's take, I and mean, he's got a lot of experience with Tesla. He's got people that are constantly giving him information, insider information, if you will, that work at Tesla. So I would hope that he knows a lot more than I do. Um, but just based on what I was reading, I, I'm not seeing it. Getting back to our topic of EVs and range this week, it seems like we have an update to the expected range for the Tesla Semi as well. At the European Battery Conference on Tuesday, Elon Musk said that achieving a Tesla Semi with an 800 kilometer range will be easy, and eventually Tesla will achieve 1000 kilometer range for long haul trucking. Talking via live stream at the event, which took place Oh, I forget it was the afternoon, but honestly, if Elon was in California, it would have been at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, so, you know, there's even more evidence that he's an alien and doesn't sleep. Um, Elon had said that Tesla already has some 800 kilometer range semi prototypes that it has been running for over a year. And he said that such trucks would have the same abilities as a regular 40 metric ton diesel truck. He said, quote, Getting a range of 500 kilometers is quite easy and trivial, to be frank. For long-range trucking, up to easily 800 kilometers, and we see a path over time to get to 1,000 kilometers with a heavy-duty truck in the order of 40 metric tons total mass. We think this is going to be extremely competitive and compelling, end quote. Now, 40 metric tons is roughly 88,000 pounds, which, at least here in the U.S., is more than a semi should ever be carrying as or total weight, as 80,000 pounds is the legal limit. Now, there has been some criticism about battery trucks being that the batteries weigh so much, it offsets the amount of cargo that you're able to carry. Obviously, you want the cab, the truck itself, uh, the tractor, if you will, to be as little of the weight so that you can carry even more cargo. Well, 
with Tesla's batteries, Elon has actually said that the weight will be almost comparable to a diesel truck, so that concern should be really pushed out the window. Now, all of these claims by Tesla about the semi seem to be something that they could easily make because they've got some prototypes on the road, but they aren't actually making the Tesla Semi, um, at least in terms of a production model that we can see on the streets being driven by their customers. It's been three years since Tesla unveiled the Semi, and at this point, it seems like the big holdup is with battery supply. So Tesla seems to be working that out before mass producing the Tesla Semi, but honestly, if Anything that they have revealed to us on battery day more recently could be incorporated into the semi. I think that we could easily see this level of range, possibly even more. Tesla can get anywhere close to these numbers for the semi. I have a sneaking suspicion that they aren't going to be able to keep up with demand for the truck. And when it comes to battery supply, they're going to have to make some really, really important decisions about which vehicles they prioritize. So moving on to a press release from Volkswagen this week, they say, quote, Volkswagen of America Incorporated is pleased to announce fuel economy figures for the 2021 ID4 electric SUV. The ID4 first edition and pro models have an EPA estimated 250 miles of range on a single charge. The EPA estimated fuel economy for city driving is 104 miles per gallon equivalent. Highway driving is rated at 89 miles per gallon equivalent and a combined city highway at 97 miles per gallon equivalent, end quote. Now, that is not bad for a vehicle of its size, and honestly, that is more than enough for the majority of potential buyers for the ID4. But is it more than enough to fight the narrative in the U.S. that you need range that's more than that? Now, you don't, of course. EV owners, we know that. And of course, I mean, I, more than any, probably with <laughs> a range less than 100 miles, know that you really, really don't need all of that range. You don't need to be pulling around such a heavy battery for a range that you don't use. But of course, non-EV drivers tend to think that you do. So will that put them off considering that other vehicles in the same price range are doing better when it comes to range? I mean, the Tesla Model 3 Standard Range Plus, the, the cheapest Tesla that you can buy, if you're not factoring in the federal tax credit, actually is less expensive. Now, of course, the federal tax credit, Tesla does not get it, and Volkswagen absolutely will, so that changes everything. But that aside, the Model 3 Standard Range Plus is 263 miles of range. The Chevy Bolt, which also does not get the uh, tax credit, is 259 miles. The Hyundai Kona Electric, which does get the federal tax credit, is 258 miles. And possibly one of the biggest upcoming vehicles to consider, which also would get the federal tax credit, would be the Ford Mustang Mach-E. And that also got an EPA range estimate this week. Now, admittedly, only two of the four powertrain configurations for the Mach-E best the ID4, but they do so by a good margin. Configurations that are available are the standard range rear-wheel drive, and that's 230 miles, but the extended range rear-wheel drive actually tops the list at 300 miles, and that actually makes it the first EV to be produced that is above or at that 300 mile range, uh, the uh, Lucid Air, which I mentioned before being uh, uh, an exception to that, but the Lucid Air isn't out yet and the Mach-E actually, they're, they're starting to make them now. You can order it and, and have it very soon within the, the next couple months. 
Moving on to the all-wheel drive Mach-E, the standard range is 211 miles, so that's actually the least when it comes to available range. And then the extended range all-wheel drive is 270 miles. So if you want the extended range for the Mach-E, and I think their marketing that Ford did is great because they're saying standard range, extended range, similar to the way Tesla does it with their standard range or long range, uh, even though uh, for the Model S and Model Y and Model X, they don't have a standard range vehicle. Um, but, you know, the Mach-E is going to compete directly with the ID4. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no way around that. So I think that Ford's got something on their hands here. You know, I recently had the opportunity to get a hands-on, up-close look at the new Mustang, and I can tell you that it will be a formidable competitor in this market segment. In fact, I think so highly enough of the Mach-E that I'm going to be putting it on the cover of the December magazine. And I definitely have a lot more to share about my impressions on the vehicle, but you'll have to subscribe to the magazine to find out. Now, enough about range and on to a topic I've spent a lot of time talking about recently as well, EV trucks. But this week, it's about a company you might not have expected, Nissan. Earlier this week, Bloomberg wrote that Nissan is reportedly in talks with Detroit-based Hercules EV, a somewhat unknown startup in the EV world. Now, the Japanese automaker is considering buying battery electric powertrain from Hercules for its Titan pickup and sharing parts with the startup's own truck in its prospective strategic partnership, said people that declined to be named. Now, at this time, the talks are ongoing and could still fall apart before a deal is signed, the people said. The two planned vehicles will join a crowded field of new electric trucks that I've talked about a lot, chasing an as-yet untested market for battery-powered haulers. Now, waiting to jump into this game is, I believe, a big mistake. They need to go in. They need to just dive into the deep end. Electric pickup trucks will sell. Nissan has been struggling to steady itself since the 2018 arrest of its former chairman, and already sluggish sales in the U.S. this year have been hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. The brand has never fared well in the competitive U.S. full-size truck market, and the demand for the Titan plunged 38% last year. The pickup truck sales are down another 24% to 19,403 units through this September this year, compared with 589 thousand deliveries of the industry-leading Ford F-Series, which actually fell 11% in the same time frame. So going electric may provide Nissan with a way to reposition the Titan as a more environmentally friendly truck that can go bumper to bumper with battery-powered pickup trucks from rivals. But as I've mentioned on the podcast before, over and over, there is going to be a lot of rivals to deal with. This is going to be a very crowded segment. Not only with competition from the legacy automakers, but also from the up-and-comers and the new uh, new EV automakers like Rivian and, of course, Tesla with the Cybertruck. Now, Hercules, if you haven't heard much about them, I don't think I've ever talked about them on the podcast before. Uh, they are a very small EV startup. They were founded in Detroit in 2018, so not too long ago, uh, by James Breyer, who is an automo auto engineer with stints at GM, Fiat Chrysler, and Magna, of course, the makers of the Jaguar I-Pace. 
He was then soon joined by co-founders Greg Weber, who is another veteran of Fiat Chrysler, and Julie Tolley, a former engineer and engine supplier at Eaton Corp. Hercules plans to produce its own electric vehicle, a luxury electric truck called the Hercules Alpha, at niche volumes starting in mid-2022, so a bit late, but still kind of in there. Now, not all automakers are convinced that there is sufficient demand to jump into the budding electric truck market, which I think is complete crap. Uh, Fiat Chrysler chief executive Mike Manley has actually hinted that they're going to be building a battery-powered Ram pickup truck, but said earlier this year that he's watching the market first to see if EV trucks will sell. So all in all, this story, it's news, but it may not be any news at all. Uh, much like many of the other news stories that I've been bringing you, time will tell. I feel like I've been saying that a lot recently. So that's your show this week. Thank you, as always, to everyone who supports EV Resource, either simply by listening or sharing with your friends, those that watch on YouTube, um, but especially those that support us on Patreon. Patreon is a dedicated site that you can provide support for EV Resource in a financial form, uh, either at a dollar, five, or ten dollars a month, and every Patreon subscriber actually receives full access to the EV Resource magazine. So I mentioned it earlier about the Maki going to be on the cover of the December issue. If you want access to the December issue and every single previous issue, we started this in March, all you need to do is become a subscriber or a, a magazine subscriber on Patreon, dollar a month, and that'll get you full access. You can also sign up at the producer or executive producer levels. Um, our executive producer is Tom Wiggins. And as a part of that level, he gets his name read every week here on the podcast. Uh, the producer and executive producers also receive access to the EV Resource podcast a uh, day early. So the day that I'm recording it today, Saturday, they will get it access to that basically as soon as I'm finished recording, where everybody else has to wait until Sunday at two o'clock to gain access to that. So a couple different uh, benefits to the different tier levels on Patreon. Of course, if you aren't able or, or um, for whatever reason you're unwilling to support us, um, you know, you can still listen to the podcast or watch the YouTube video every week on Sundays, just like everybody else, that's going to be completely free. So there's no obligation whatsoever, but certainly if you are able and willing, I would encourage you to go over to Patreon and check it out. As always, very special thanks to our partner of the podcast, Titan Auto and Tire, for their support. Titan is one of the very, very few independent shops in the Central Virginia area that are qualified to work on EVs. They work on my car, um, what little work it needs, but still, I take all of my vehicles there, and from hybrids to Hummers, they can fix everything everything. So even if you have a gas-powered car, but you're only listening to the podcast because you're interested in EVs, if you live in Central Virginia, go take your car to Titan. They're super, super friendly, and they will take great care of you. I always invite your feedback for the podcast. If you have a comment on any of the news stories, you can leave a comment in the YouTube video, or you send me an email at hello at ev-resource.com. 
If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast either on the podcast platform that you're listening to or on the YouTube channel, and that way you'll get all of the future episodes of the EV Resource Podcast delivered to you automatically. You don't have to search for it week after week after week. It'll just be here for you when you want it. If you do want to listen to any of the previous podcast episodes, they are available on our webpage, which is ev-resource.com under the podcast section, and of course, on many of the major podcast platforms. But that is all. So thank you so much for being with me and I'll catch you next week.